Do you believe in the existence of extraterrestrials? Welcome to the FBI's Most Unwanted, the final episode in the first year of the Montage Film Review Sunday DVD Rental Suggestion Podcast. And today I would like to introduce you to, if you do not already know of it, The X-Files, which is my favourite TV show of all time. The show ran for almost a decade, so it's very possible that you dipped in and out of it. And if that's the case, this is an excellent opportunity not only to reacquaint yourself with the show, but also to fill in the blanks. I discovered this show on TV in the 1990s. I don't think I watched it from the very first episode, but I'm sure that I became an avid fan not long after the first show aired here in the UK. This would have been some months after its airing in the US, as is usually the case. The X-Files is pretty much a two-horse show, with Mulder and Scully taking the limelight as many of the other characters do not become properly established until the second series. Together they work on The X-Files. These are unsolved cases which have a paranormal bent to them. Mulder, played by David Duchovny, is a strong believer in the paranormal and the existence of alien life. He believes that he was a witness to the abduction of his younger sister from their childhood home whilst his parents were out at a neighbour's house. As the elder of the two, he has a profound sense of guilt over his inability to save her from the alien intruders. After completing a PhD in England at either Oxford or Cambridge, Mulder returns to the US and begins working for the FBI, eventually taking on the X-Files as a pet project that quickly becomes his, his whole life. Scully, played by Gillian Anderson, is a medical doctor who makes a career move to the uh, FBI much to the dismay of her parents. Initially, she has been added to Mulder's investigation in order to debunk them, as the generals at the Bureau are disappointed in the, ex in the obsession which seems to have blighted the great work in other areas of the Bureau that they had expected him to produce. In his own right, Mulder is an impressive profiler of serial killers and other degenerates and they feel that his energies would be better spent pushing the boundaries of this rather than chasing little green men. A close relationship between the two develops very quickly over the duration of the first series and over the second and subsequent series other characters are moved into the foreground to take on the roles of friends, foes and nemesis. The series was originally shot in Canada before production was moved to Los Angeles after it had grown in popularity. Like all good science fiction TV series, it had a huge cult following so dedicated in fact, that twin sisters who appear in an episode called Eve from the first series as 10-year-old subjects of a secret eugenics program were able to draw large crowds, even as adults, at conventions. Also lingering somewhere on the periphery of events was the anticipation that Mulder and Scully would eventually get together. 
and they eventually did. I do like the idea of closing this album of the podcast with a TV series which can keep you occupied over the summer until I return in September. And as with any series, The X-Files has some iconic episodes that I'd like you to look out for. Despite being a science fiction series, its success is very much due to the incorporation of two other genres, comedy and thriller. The thrills come from several conspiracy theory story threads that run throughout the nine series. These theories are the familiar ones around Area 51 and the US government's involvement with the visiting aliens and their attempts to keep the general public in the dark about the whole situation. This is a very detailed thread or series of threads incorporating alien abduction, human experiments and super soldiers. But what The X-Files also does is tell tales of abnormalities of the non-visiting alien variety, meaning rips in space-time, psychic children, healers, vampires, werewolves and creatures or monsters which quite frankly defy explanation. The comedy is is present from the very first episode, But with episodes such as Jose Chung's From Outer Space from the fifth series, along with a handful of others, often featuring stars such as Burt Reynolds devoted to such shenanigans, The X-Files manages to endear itself to to its fans in the deepest way by expanding on the humour that was previously confined to Mulder's dialogue. The episodes come into play from the third series onwards. Now, two series have spun off from this show, Millennium and The Lone Gunman. I have seen the former and it may well pop up in the podcast at some point, but I still need to investigate The Lone Gunman. There have also been a handful of feature film extensions of the show, and I believe that another one is now in production. Both Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny have written and directed on the show, which I feel is is a sign of a good show which truly appreciates its workforce and allows them to progress in other areas should they wish to. Another sign of a good show is the amount of major stars it can boast as having given parts to at the beginning of their careers. The X-Files can do a lot of boasting because if you rent this TV show, as I'm recommending, you will have the pleasure of seeing a very young Ryan Reynolds in season three as well as Jack Black and Giovanni Ribisi. There are so many iconic episodes of this TV series that I would be hard pushed to find a favourite. But if I racked my brain, the title would surely have to fall to X-Cops from Season 7, which is filmed as an episode of the Fly on the Wall TV documentary Cops. However, everything about the X-Files delights me from beginning to end. I I hope that you rent and enjoy it. I'm your host Shay Trinity and this is the final episode of year one of the Montage Film Reviews 
Sunday DVD rental suggestion podcast.